My name is Kirby Ferguson, and welcome to Copy This, the podcast about copyright. The show is brought to you by the Recreate Coalition. We live in the age of media. It's been estimated that Americans spend well over 10 hours per day in front of screens, phones, computers, TVs. And for a lot of that time, we're consuming media. We're watching shows and movies and videos and documentaries. We're reading news and blogs and social media. These things influence how we understand each other, and they tell us what's going on in the world beyond our local surroundings. Media shapes our perception of the modern world. So media is very important stuff, and for this reason, it should be criticized. And to criticize media, you often need to copy it. But how can you copy media without breaking copyright laws? Fortunately, American law has a doctrine called fair use that protects this kind of speech. It makes it possible for us to legally copy media for a limited set of reasons, and one of these is criticism and commentary. Turn on almost any newscast and you're likely to see fair use in action. You'll also see lots of it in late-night satirical shows hosted by John Oliver, Seth Meyers, Trevor Noah, and Samantha Bee. And fair use is all over the internet. Anytime you watch a review of a movie, a TV show, or a video game, that's fair use. So guys, in the end, I was completely entertained by the season of Game of Thrones. Anytime you see critical analysis of a media outlet like Fox News, MSNBC, The New York Times, or The Wall Street Journal, that's fair use. My gosh, CNN, you were lazy with this one. <laughs> I believe critical commentary of media enabled by fair use can enrich and elevate our culture. And I think we'd all agree that right now, we could use more of that. If you'd like to understand fair use better, I've just released a new video in my Everything is a Remix series on this topic. It's a three minute primer intended to get video makers quickly oriented, but it should also cover the basics for most kinds of creators. Check out the show notes for the link. The co-writer and legal expert for this video is my friend Jack Lerner, and he's here to further discuss fair use. Jack is clinical professor of law at the University of California, Irvine. His work focuses on problems at the intersection of law and technology. Jack, welcome. Thank you for having me. To recap, Jack, what is fair use? Well, fair use is a legal doctrine. It's basically a limitation on copyright holders' rights. And the way I like to think of it is, it is the right to use a copyrighted work that's owned by someone else without permission or payment for certain socially valuable uses. And some examples of those uses would be criticism and commentary. You know, if you want to give, you know, review something, like I'm going to do a movie review, or if you want to talk about uh, deconstructing how news programming is done, criticism and commentary is probably the, by far the most common form of fair use, but there are many other forms of fair use. Let, let's maybe explore that a bit. So we, we talk about a particular kind of fair use in the video, and I think we settled on that because it's powerful for your filmmaking and it's graspable. You know, anybody can, can get it. But what are the other kinds of fair use? In the video we wrote together, we included a, th a three-step test that was created by an entertainment lawyer and scholar named Michael Donaldson, mm -hmm. and he wrote this this article that's becoming a seminal article called Refuge from the Storm. Mm -hmm. And it's about sort of a three question test for when you can get into what he calls a safe harbor mm -hmm. um, or, you know, a safe zone of fair use. And that's really about criticism and commentary applied to any nonfiction work. So a nonfiction uh, book about, you know, exploring, you know, the history of a particular subject, or it could be movie reviews, or it could be even in a fictional work when you're, when you're criticizing something directly or commenting on that directly mm -hmm. with, with your fictional portrayal, that would still 
qualify, but but really his article is about nonfiction uses, criticism and commentary. But there's right. actually a lot of other examples. A great example would be uh, classroom use. Mm -hmm. You know, so so professors can uh, make copies for use in the classroom to instruct, even if that's not to criticize or comment on those. Right. Uh, another example is in news reporting. Uh, scholarly research. You might make a lot of copies for purposes of your research. Mm -hmm. Now, that might be considered what the Supreme Court has called a transformative use, but that's not right. criticism and commentary. Right. And then another, I think, important one is uh, uses that repurpose the work um, for use uh, in other ways online. And a great example would be search engines. There was a famous case that predated Google, right. uh, which concerned a search engine that made little thumbnail images uh, mm -hmm. of websites. One of the rights holders to the websites brought a suit against this search engine and lost because then the court said, no, this is actually a valuable purpose, mm -hmm. which is um, helping people find websites. Mm -hmm. And that's totally separate from the actual expression in that website. Mm -hmm. And so the court said, Let's move on and permit that use because it, it adds to the marketplace of ideas. It adds to the overall pot of expression, so to speak. So let's go a bit further with the concept of parody, because I think a lot of people don't really get what parody. I, I think most people don't understand what parody uh, actually is. They think it's just stuff that's funny or they, they think it's satire, perhaps. What is parody? The Supreme Court has actually spoken about this. Parody is a way of ridiculing something or making fun of something or essentially criticizing something. And the Supreme Court has actually said parody is essentially a subset of criticism and commentary. Mm -hmm. Basically, when you criticize something by making fun of that work, uh, and it's usually a well-known work that everybody uh, everybody can identify easily, you can do that. And, and there's no way to do it without imitating it in a comic way. Right. And so when you imitate that work in a comic way, essentially that's what parody would be. So the key there is you can do a lot of things that are funny and you can insert something that you think is a really funny joke that pops that a lot of people will get, but it's not really going to be parody unless it directly criticizes or makes fun of that thing that's being imitated, right? So the Supreme Court actually talked specifically about parody in a very famous case that sort of changed copyright law maybe forever, but certainly for the last you know 20 plus years. And the, the case was called Campbell versus Acuff Rose Music. And it was about a two life crew song called Pretty Woman, which was a parody of Oh, Pretty Woman. And in the song, instead of saying Pretty Woman, a lot of the time, two life crew says, Oh, Harry Woman. Yeah. And the Supreme Court said by being, you know, kind of lewd and, you know, not as sort of sweet and maybe even a little maudlin at the way that Roy Orbison was, mm -hmm. uh, Two Life Crew was making fun of that work. If you're going to go out and create something and you want that, that work to make sure that that's parody, the way to make sure it's parody is, is it clear that you're making fun of or criticizing the work that you're imitating? What do you think are some common misconceptions about fair use? Well, <laughs> where, to me, begin? Uh, where to begin, <laughs> I know. I mean, I think First of all, this is a little bit less commonly seen than be, than in previous eras. You know, go back 10 years, it was a little, lot more common mm -hmm. for people to think that, well, if you use three seconds of a song, right. you're going to be okay. Or yeah. if you uh, use, you know, recently there was a very 
frankly ill-advised editorial op-ed in the uh, in the L.A. Times about uh, about fair use, and the author claimed that uh, you know. 30 seconds has generally been considered to be fair use of an excerpt of a song. And that's patently untrue. I mean, many courts have said you can't use uh, 30 seconds, that 30 seconds is way too long, and even even 5 or 10 seconds has been considered not to be fair use. At the same time, 30 seconds might work if what you're trying to do is sample the song for purposes of buying it. Uh, 30 seconds or the whole entire song might work if what you're doing is a parody of that song. Mm -hmm. So it really depends on the context. And that's the thing to remember about fair use. It does depend on the context. Every case is going to be analyzed independently based on the facts of that case and on the context. That being said, this gets me to my second common misconception, and it's a pretty big misconception, mm -hmm. and that is that fair use is impossible to determine without a lawyer. Fair use is nothing more than the right to hire a lawyer, and mm -hmm. it's totally indeterminate. You can't rely on fair use. You don't. It's impossible to tell whether something be a fair use unless you take it to court and litigate it. Lots and of corporations just, think that. Lots of corporations say that few corporations think that <laughs> right okay because large corporations use fair use day in and day out constantly mm -hmm. and they do it with a high degree of certainty without worrying about getting sued and sometimes they do get sued and when they fought that many much of the time they've won and a great example is the family guy family guy and the simpsons both owned by huge corporations uh, and both make fair use day in and day out. But it's not just large corporations that can do that can make fair use reliably. Documentary filmmakers now can make fair use. They can get a, a letter from a, an attorney and then they can go to an insurance company and get liability insurance. And if someone comes after that filmmaker for fair use, um, once they've got insurance, the insurance company will defend them and will pay any damages just the same as if that filmmaker had cleared that that work themselves. Right. That's a, you know, a huge indicator of reliability. You have literally thousands of fair uses being made on a daily basis in the documentary filmmaking world mm -hmm. um, with very little litigation over that, almost almost no litigation. Right. Um, and then I, I would say a third misconception mm -hmm. is often people will say, no, no copyright infringement intended on their on their <laughs> right. YouTube video, and unfortunately, that doesn't help if it's indeed copyright infringement. Other times, people say, "I found this on the internet, and everyone else is using it. Therefore, <laughs> it's okay for me to use, and it's fair use." Right, and and that's also not the case. Jack Lerner, what a pleasure having you on the show. Uh, thank you so much for your time and all your help with everything over the years. Very much appreciated, Jack. Thank you. You are welcome. Thanks so much for listening, everyone. Again, if you'd like to check out the video we made, there is a link in the show notes. We'll see you next time with more of Copy This.